Hello, podcast listeners. You are listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson. Excuse me while I get all set up here. I attended an infinite diversity draft on Sunday, and I wanted to talk about it. I know I've talked about infinite diversity before, so this will be infinite diversity revisited. And I kind of just wanted to talk through the process of how it went talk about some of the gotchas and the pitfalls and some tips I might recommend for those playing in it or even for uh, anyone who might want to take a stab at revising the format. <clears throat> so, great. Well, on Sunday we all met at one of the players' houses and uh, Maggie's and uh, we got... I was a little late, so what? <laughs> and I brought backing cards and sleeves and that was all good <clears throat> and we all picked a random set of TNG cards and uh, basically just had at it and we all got an infinite diversity a set of the set right so we just made pods of four you know willy nilly didn't really matter who did what and the first thing I saw when I opened mine up was, I think, an Earth, a Ferenginar, and seven missions. You know, first missions. So I, the first thing I did was I laid out all the infinite diversity people so I could keep track of skills. All the people that came in the set that, so I could go, oh, these skills I have. I know I have these skills. This is a place to start when I start looking at missions. So great. Well, I'm going to need a headquarters, so let's pick one of these. So I just picked Earth. Mm, whatever. It was uh, TNG Earth. Great. So passed it, and I think there was... You know, I briefly looked through the missions, and I saw you know, things that looked reasonable. I knew I had to do two 35-point missions to win. I knew that I could... <clears throat> well, that's the place to start, right? So two 35-point missions. You don't want to have to do three missions at 30 points each. Uh, seems like overkill. So just get two missions done at 35 points each and call it a day. And maybe earn some bonus points if you can, but it's not, you know, and, and then maybe you can do a slightly easier mission, maybe. So I grabbed three headquarters. I grabbed a Franginar, I grabbed a Earth, and I grabbed a Kronos. So, great. Then the missions started to come in, and I started looking for easy missions. I think on the next grab, I was able to get the one that is like three skills and integrity greater than 30 or three skills and cunning greater than 28 or something. And it's the 35-point mission, and if you fail it, a guy goes under your deck. So I said, okay, well, actually, this is a really easy mission. Um, people are going to go under, but I can just draft a bunch of weenies, and hopefully that's not going to be a big issue. So I was like, score, this is going to help a lot. Plus, it's a two-span mission. Well, it's a planet, though, so it's supposed to be two-span. All right, so I picked that up. And then I was able to find a 35.2-span Bajoran region space mission. The skills were not terribly easy, but I figured that having a two-span space mission could give me a distinct advantage in the format. So I grabbed it and decided that those were the two missions I was going to go after. Um, 
<clears throat> I ended up getting... Uh, I mean, I drafted some other missions just in case, of course, because, you know, the missions, they come out, they're in one pack by themselves, so just grab missions that look easy. Um, so I grabbed, even though they were like Delta and Gamma, they seemed relatively easy and fit with the skills I knew I had so far. So that was a place to start for me. And I, I decided in the end to make a, to put a third mission in the deck. I can't even remember what it was right now, but it was something that was there as a backup just in case, uh, something went horribly wrong. So, uh, so great. So... You know, I thought things were looking good at this point. Now, I made a terrible mistake throughout the rest of this. I, I did draft... I had noticed there were a lot of Ferengi going around, so I drafted Ferengi that had science and whatever... Science was especially important uh, for one of the missions. The two missions I had didn't really overlap in skills very much. Uh, there was some overlap, but I made sure to get guys that had both. But for the most part, I didn't have a lot of skill overlap. But I figured that that could possibly be made up with having a two-span space mission. So I figured, well, I guess it's kind of worth it. And I did draft, I drafted mostly Federation and Ferengi, but I did draft a few Klingons along the way just because they seemed opportune. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do three headquarters. I didn't see a problem with it, but I wasn't sure that it was actually the thing to do. So I did give myself a little bit of leeway in that regard. But, um... For the most part, I think I did okay in drafting the skills I needed, and I drafted mostly weenies who had the skills I needed, especially if I saw a weenie come up and they had the skills I needed, I, I just picked them up immediately. But um, I have to draft dilemmas at the same time. So uh, a couple of good dilemmas uh, came around. I, did, I had totally forgotten how important in-development is in this format. And someone pulled a second copy, and the fact that it's a duel and you can recur it, I mean, that's basically an auto-stop in this format, unless you are, I don't know, um, I guess you could play a deck that is just straight up three and four cost guys, and just sprinkle in uh, two, one or two two cost guys. And that might actually be a viable way to do well in this format, but... Um, I think I saw an in-development come by, and I just said, well, whatever. And then it wasn't until I was playing that I was like, oh my god, this dilemma is ridiculous. It's going to stop me four times. And that's, in fact, how I lost my first game. It stopped me three times because um, it was, you know, that good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not sure that how I feel about a dilemma that is basically an auto-stop but, again, at the same time, I did say that what if I had simply done three cost guys? What if only three cost guys and focused on that? And maybe, just maybe, that would have been enough to get around uh, the format. And I guess that's something I could try next time. Um, not really eager to play again, though. <laughs> at least not for a while. Um, so, so, dilemmas, right? I picked up dilemmas that were... I knew could stop guys at a relatively low cost, anything like uh, the Anthropology, Exo, Biology, Dilemma, Dark Page, and just anything like that I knew could stop easily. Anything, I think I picked up a Needs of the Many as a four-cost Dilemma that kills a Gold Star or a Science Personnel. I knew the interrupts weren't going to be that important, 
but killing a guy is somewhat important. So a, a few, oh, and then they, uh, inquis, it wasn't inquest, inquest, I think, is uh, from the new set. It's a space dilemma that uh, stops eight skill dots worth of personnel, random selection. That was a good pickup, I think. Um, although uh, it seems like a lot of the guys in this format, uh, the one time I played it, it only stopped two guys because one guy had four dots and one guy had five dots. So, eh. It's good against cadets, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> no cadets in this format. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, always be sure to draft enough dilemmas. I ended up drafting, oh, nine or ten dilemmas. That seemed to be enough. I put together a 15 dilemma deck, and uh, only once was I unable to utilize drawing. You know, I had so many, draw this many cards that it, I couldn't draw enough that I decked the Dilemma Pile, right? So, <clears throat> okay, so you got to focus on the Dilemmas. Sometimes if a really good Dilemma comes up but a really good personnel comes up, you just kind of have to make a decision. I tend to err on the side of Dilemmas, uh, but maybe that was a bad call. I'm not sure. I'm not a huge fan of the Dilemmas that come with ID other than, of course, in development. So uh, it's worthwhile to definitely keep an eye on the dilemmas. And dilemmas are in every pack, so maybe you get lucky later in the dilemma, in the drafting. So, um, yeah, I think I, whew, uh, Greater Needs was one that I nerfed against a couple of times. And I thought that that was a really, really good card in this format. Um, maybe too good. Um, I did pull a a transporter ingenious jury rig dilemma, um, and that I like dilemmas like that because they don't go under. However, transporters is uh, somewhat rare skill, so when it played against people, I think it only stops someone about half the time. So, uh, whatever. So here's the horrible mistake I made during drafting. I didn't draft a ship. The ID draft, of course, comes with the Olara. But I think two ships came my way, and both times I said, meh. And I really should have taken one. I was a fool not to, really. Um, even though I had a two-span space mission, meaning I could go between both of my headquarters and get to the space mission on the same turn, it was still really... If I'd had a second ship, I think I would have been off, so much better off. Especially when Greater Needs hit me twice and I forgot to remove it one time. I basically lost a turn, and I think that cost me the game. It is vital <clears throat> to draft a ship, and uh, that is a lesson I definitely learned from this. Even if it's just some dinky ship to get from just one headquarters to one mission at one point in the game, it's going to save your ass, so ships. Draft a damn ship. So, other pitfalls that came up. One of the players dropped uh, right after his first turn, actually, because he didn't know that or had misread the rule that you cannot play non same headquarters guys unless you have that headquarters in play. And he did not draft such a headquarters and as such was unable to play his guys and thus conceded and left the tournament. 
And, well, that is a really unfortunate situation. He, he was simply, he simply misunderstood the rules and that's how it goes and there's nothing you can do after that. He had no way of building a legal deck or at least any uh, worthwhile deck at that point. <clears throat> so another lesson learned, make sure everyone is very much aware of the rules. We did go through and read the rules beforehand and read them out loud and I, you know, I think we did the best we could to try to mitigate such a situation from happening, but um, maybe having a confusing rule like that is the problem since, you know, oh, you can play a, not, a guy not at a headquarters you have in play or not at the headquarters they would normally play at for minus one. So it could be fairly easy to misconstrue exactly how that works. So it's worth considering when you have a format like this. I definitely think a rule such as, oh, um, you can play some guy that you can't even play to your headquarters in a format like this at a cost of plus three or something like that so that, you know, you're not playing some ridiculous data that flew by that was, you know, cost six without being, you know, able or, or even at plus two, right? Because you could at least use product placement as a way of making nine counters and being able to play a six-cost guy at, you know, plus two for eight or something like that. Um, and I know there's only one seven-cost guy in the game, so, well, maybe a plus three isn't such a bad idea. And maybe it's like a once-per-game thing or something. Um, and I'm sure the developers considered this as they developed the set, but I just think it would be nice to have some way to use guys that can't even play at a headquarters you have like that just because you know uh, it might just be totally worth it or it gives you a whole new strategy or all of a sudden counter drafting doesn't suck that much or maybe it makes counter drafting too good so all of those things have to get weighed in but such a rule i would not be opposed to at least trying out or checking out so and maybe that could help to mitigate rules or problems we had like what happened so, so draft a ship. <laughs> That's very important. Uh, do draft a ship. You don't have to, but if you don't, I think it's going to just end up being a bigger headache. Make sure that you can play the guys you draft, and it's okay to counter draft, of course. Counter drafting is certainly an interesting strategy. If you can kind of gauge what the other opponent what your opponents are drafting early on and start drafting the good guys away from that affiliation uh, either you know even if you're not playing that affiliation that's at least something you can consider doing don't waste too much time on strange interrupts and events uh, unless of course they're really helpful any skill cheaters are probably okay anything to help you uh, remove certain dilemmas from an opponent's pile like the Perils of Peacemaking. I think uh, I talked about that on our last Sealed, when I did that Sealed podcast, and that was interesting. These were actually the same draft packs we used in the Sealed. We didn't draft in that Sealed, though. This time we drafted, so... Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I would actually encourage development to go back and maybe put in the rules for infinite diversity some hints, maybe. Just some hints. Because uh, uh, the first second edition tournament I played in the CC era I subsequently dropped, but I played in, 
was an infinite diversity draft at Gen Con 2012. And I would have stuck with it too, but I, you know, um, actually Jeremy went and won Worlds and we all decided to go and have dinner after that. So I said, well, thanks for letting me play. I said, keep the cards, whatever. So it was fine. And um, so I asked everyone, how do I, how do I do this? Right? Well, here's the rules. Okay. So great. How do I do this? <laughs> what should I be drafting for? What do I need? Should I be looking for dilemmas? Should I get personnel? What's a, what's a good affiliation? What's a bad affiliation? Uh, what are you doing? And maybe that's a good thing, right? For a total newbie who has never played second edition or I, you know, I had, but it had been several years. I knew the rules of the game of second edition. I simply did not know what the meta was like. I said, should I be looking for dilemmas that stop people or kill people or are walls? Or should I draft dilemmas first? Uh, what's, you know, are Fringy any good? You know, I've heard Fringy aren't that good. Or are they okay in this format? And maybe that's a good thing to have that dialogue there with your other players and they could totally screw you over, but it's Star Trek, so they're probably not going to. But it would have been nice to hear or at least read the rules and say, hint, you may want to draft a ship. Hint, make sure that you can indeed play the guys you draft. <sighs> or something like that. Or, uh, hint, keep your missions face up as you draft so that you know what skills you're looking for. Now, it's a great idea, right? And it's not on the rules anywhere. It should be. And maybe it is. Um, the first time I played... Uh, everyone at that at that tournament they said oh yeah you should keep your missions face up so you can check your people as they go by but put everything else face down to keep the game to keep the drafting going quickly fine that's cool is that a house rule is that a real rule I don't know I don't remember if I read it or, or if they just told me that but things like that are, are, are actually really important I think to just remind everyone I'm not playing ID draft every year or you know I'm sorry I play it once a year and I remember putting one together, and then I've played in two more since then. And I don't remember it being all that fun. I do remember playing in them somewhat. But, um, so, why wasn't it fun? But anyway, right, so hints are uh, probably a fantastic idea to put in there. Just because. Um, okay, anyway, maybe not. Maybe it's best to let the best players remain the best and... You know, if, if new players want to join in, they're going to just have to ask the questions. I guess that's okay, too. So, how would I improve the format? There are cards, I think, still in the sets that probably shouldn't be. And I'm going to go with greater needs on this one. What if I did draft one ship? Is it my responsibility to... Or, or is it my burden that once a ship has greater needs on it that I just can't do anything for two turns. I mean, I get it in Constructed, right? This this dilemma makes sense, right? You should be playing with more than one ship, and here's why. Great. But in, in Sealed, maybe maybe we should be giving two ships in the ID draft. Maybe that's, maybe that's just the solution. We don't need to give a hint, right? Uh, ID draft, you know, you get the OLR, and then you get something really terrible. You get a fun bus or something. Something to get from one headquarters to the other. Maybe make it cost like three or four, and then just, it has a range of four. So, oh, I gotta pick up my guys from the other mission. Um, 
or or I really have to. I, there's no way I can get back. You know, something like that, or give it a range of five or something. Just a tool. It's a tool that you go, oh crap, I forgot to draft a ship. Well, at least I had blah, so that just in case. So uh, I think I think in this format, you know, drafting is made important, but having the tools to consider just baseline tools, you know, having giving a ship is good, right? Giving some dilemmas is good, giving some personnel is good. Giving a bicycle is good. All that's good. But I think it could be made better. So having that extra ship might have been actually very helpful. Um, And yeah, uh, I think what comes up sometimes is we go, oh, well, okay. So in this draft format, there is a command, somehow a command prototype or commandeer prototype and a phoenix could have been in the same draft pile uh, because they came together in some pack. And that's well, that's an NPE right there. For the opponent, you got to do three missions. Oh, well, guess what? You only had to seed three missions, right? It says in the rules, you can seed simply only three missions. Okay, why would I want to do that? I have no idea. Um, and that might be nice to have in the hints or something like that. Um, oh, you didn't seed a fifth mission with points on it? Well, guess you're screwed. You know, I... I find that rule just simply confusing, and maybe I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something. Someone's going to say, oh, you don't want to seed too many missions because of this obscure dilemma that might come up. I don't know. Okay, so, and, and the dilemmas it comes with make sense, right? No, you know, discourage mega-teaming. And then the mission, uh, TCS, discourages micro-teaming. Great. That's, those are good baseline cards that are important to have in ID Draft. And I am totally on board with that. But we could still make it better. And that's all I care about. So, all right. I think I've hopefully made my piece. I lost both my games. I had a buy. Um, I think I lost the games because I didn't draft a ship. Which sucks. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. Um, That's... I think let's leave it there. We'll let... We don't need to beat a dead horse. Because I do know that there are a lot of people who have complaints about the format. And I, I can't remember what the other complaints are right now. But people, you know, all in all, actually, let me just mention one more thing. The attitude and the mood at this tournament was the most sour I've seen in a 2E tournament in a long time. <laughs> um, people were complaining. I got pissy at a player because I couldn't... I wasn't allowed to remove a dilemma a damage marker, even though I'd forgotten, because, you know, I didn't press it, but he wasn't feeling like giving it to me. And then I, in turn, prevented him from taking his dual dilemmas from under one of my missions, because I was frustrated. And he had forgotten, too, it was explicitly at the end of the mission, or at, when I solved the mission. So I said, you know, and stuff like that that is just pissy, pissy, pissy what players do when they are in a bad mood or when there's a lot on the line. And there was not a lot on the line. Um, So we were just pissy. So whatever. Uh, I, I don't know if it was the format. I feel like it was the format that just made everyone angry. Not angry, but just not happy. A player dropped... Players don't drop all the time. A player dropped. Uh, 
And I don't know, people seem snappy and other anecdotal evidence. So whatever. Uh, I will leave it there. I hope the next ID draft we do will be a little less pissy. I hope people will remember what happened this time, take those lessons, and hopefully do better next time. That's the whole point of this, right? We play the game to have fun, but also to become better players. I played in the draft knowing that I would get to play with some cards I've never played with before. And with that, uh, I enjoyed that. In fact, I pulled a very interesting combo. It was uh, some Ferengi that when you play him, you score five points, but your opponent gets put a dilemma under one of their missions from the top of your deck. And then I had Richard Galen, who could spend that five points and have all the mission requirements as skills. And I think that's great. I thought, cool, I pulled these two cards. That's a fun combo. I never got it to work. I did score the five points both games I played. But Richard Galen was never necessary. I kept encountering dilemmas that were just annoying, and that's fine. And, and that's typical and normal and nothing to be ashamed of. But, yeah, so that was uh, just how I handled that particular... Uh, I thought it was a fun combo, and it was interesting. Okay, now let's let's wrap this up here. So, uh, questions, comments, or concerns, you can call me at 267-CALL-CPJ. Leave me a voicemail. And if you want to hear it on the show, I'll go ahead and do that. And you can always PM me at CorbinQ27. And you can email me at CorbinJohnson at me.com. If you have anything you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and send it there as a sound file. Or leave me a voicemail. Until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. To find out more about that license, visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash sa slash 3.0. Our theme music is Space Ace by Mark Teicher. Other songs included are Inspiration and Mission Briefing by Mark Teicher. Our outro song is Teleporter by Dungeon Kimura. You can find out more about these artists at jamendo.com. J-A-M-E-N-D-O.com. And each of those is released under the same or similar Creative Commons licenses as this podcast.